talking about Get On The Boat from 3121, recorded in 2005 at Paisley Park and released on the 21st of March 2006. On the track we have Prince, Cece Dunham, Josh Dunham, we've got Maceo, we've got Candy, we've got Greg Boyer, we've got Red, Ray Monterio, uh, we have Tamar and we've got Sheila E. And uh, I'd say you can really hear the Sheila E on this track. Um, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's one of those weird things where uh, when, I was, when I was talking about the Sheila E songs in the 80s, I think all she did was just put like a little bit of percussion over some of the drum machines. Uh, but in this song, they really like they really go to Sheila E like uh, in a couple of points in this song. Like you can really feel the percussion. Um, the track is six minutes, 19. And joining me to talk about today is Erica Thompson. Hello, Erica. Hello. Uh, now, I think as far as like a genre, we can we can easily say that this is a funk song. You know, there's towards the end, there's like a couple of saxophone solos. Uh, like I said, there's a there's kind of like a percussion solo at the end of the song. It just feels like people just uh, I don't know messing about, having some fun. <laughs> like um, if it, it feels essentially like it's a song that Prince has prepared so that when he you know played this album live, he had kind of like a song where they could kind of just improvise some stuff and just kind of jam and just kind of you know get into it with the audience. Um, that's what it feels like to me. It feels like Prince kind of setting up a kind of like audience interaction song. Um, you know, for him to kind of yell stuff at the at the audience and they can yell stuff back at him, um, you know, and just kind of have fun, um, you know. I mean, I, I mean, obviously there are a few live performances of this, in particular on the Indigo Nights album when he did the 21 Nights at the O2. Um, there's a couple of award shows where he played this as well, um, you know, and that that is pretty much what it is when it's live. It's it's just kind of, you know, a bit of a jam and uh, and Prince kind of just interacting with the audience um, and, you know, just having fun with it, uh, which I think is a good way to finish the album. Um, you know, obviously, you know, this many episodes in, I feel people understand my feelings on this album, uh, but I think that this is a good way for the album to finish. You know, it's a really strong kind of final song um, and it's, you know, just a fun way for the for the whole thing to finish. Um, you know, and I think, you know, there are, there are kind of mediocre Prince albums where, you know, if the final track is really great, you kind of forget how bad the rest of the album is and you just kind of enjoy the, you know, the kind of the big finale. Uh, and I think that's kind of what this is. Not that I'm saying the rest of the album is mediocre, just that I don't enjoy it as much as, you know, some people do. But I think this is like a, it's a really strong finish to the whole album. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that um, because every time like I'm listening to 3121 and this song comes on, it's just like a burst of energy and joy. And I absolutely love this track. And I feel like, I think Darren, you and I differ on this album. I, I absolutely love this album from start to finish. And I feel like I'm always defending this album and even this track because people like to say, oh, it's just standard James Brown funk. And I guess it is, um, but it also has that Latin twist, you know, due to Sheila E. And um, 
I don't know. I love it. Tamar, uh, the vocalist, is featured on this. And, you know, her voice is amazing. Her voice always works so well with Prince. And I love, like, the bridge, the, we were meant to live together underneath the sun. It's just, like, such a beautiful intro into the chorus. And, um, like you mentioned, like, Sheila E. has a percussion solo. Prince has a piano solo. And it's just... It's really funky. I love it. And of course, I mean, Prince uh, signals it's the bridge by yelling bridge. Um, <laughs> which again, I mean, that, that is like a James Brown thing is to kind of, he even has a good gut in here, which is kind of like the most James Brownian thing that he's ever done. Um, and of course, he gets to yell Maceo as well before Maceo gets a solo. Um, and then he even kind of calls out Ray uh, Mont Montiero. I don't know how to say that surname. I'm sure I butchered it every time I've said it. Um, you know, for him to have a solo as well. So he's kind of like, you know, dance to the beat Ray. And he's like, you know, horns hit me now. Like it's it's a lot of kind of calling out the band. And, um, you know, obviously as far as like some songs go, you know, I guess if you were to try and cover this song and strip it down to its essentials and do it acoustically on a guitar, you would pretty much miss everything. Um, because I think the kind of the, the kind of production from the band, you know, the interaction with Prince, uh, like you say, you know, Tamar, once again, doing some wonderful vocals, you know, all the great percussion stuff that Sheila Ree's kind of throwing in there as well. You know, like, it just, it just feels like it's a song that is there to showcase, you know, this band. Um, you know, at this particular time, there's even a, a kind of a little bit of a drum stuff that it isn't there isn't just Sheila either. It's just normal drum stuff from CC Dunham as well. <laughs> so it's like everyone. I feel like I feel like Josh Dunham's got to feel left out because there's no kind of like a bass solo or anything in this song. But pretty much everybody else gets a little bit of a spotlight, and Prince gets to kind of you know call them out and ask them to do stuff. Um, you know, so but yeah, it's just it's just a really great kind of band song. Probably why I like this more than some of the other stuff on this album because. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, when Prince has a band to interact with, because I feel like, um, you know, a lot of the bands that Prince has worked with, you know, those people kind of elevate what he does. If it's just Prince in the studio by himself, he has a tendency to kind of fall into certain patterns and kind of end up doing songs in a certain way. And, you know, things can sound a little kind of claustrophobic with just Prince by himself. Uh, but when you've got a band, it really kind of opens it out. And, you know, he, you know, the song really kind of... Um, you know, feels like you say a burst of energy at the very end of the album here. Um, you know, and I, I, I don't even, I like in terms of like the lyrics as well. I mean, there's a lot of um, get on the boat, get on the boat, people, <laughs> you know, get on the boat. <laughs> we got room for a hundred more. Like, I don't, I don't know if there's meant to be a political kind of thing that's going on with Prince there, because, um, you know, I, I guess there's many different ways you could kind of interpret that in terms of like, it is a boat that is leaving for somewhere, you know, good. Um, or, you know, it could be a reference back to a boat that is leaving for somewhere bad. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think Prince ever kind of makes it that explicit. I mean, there is kind of talk of, um, you know, uh, across the nation, people are doing what they can to avoid the tribulation, which, I mean, I love the rhyme of nation and tribulation as well. It's like uh, kind of one of those great Prince rhymes. Um, and this kind of, you know, everything in darkness must come out into light, you know, like, there seems to be kind of like a very positive, upbeat note to it. Um, but then there's, there is a kind of, you know, a slight undertone of, you know, uh, when we love each other, that's the only way things are going to be right. So that suggests things are currently wrong and maybe there's some kind of cooperation that's needed to turn things around or something, um, you know. So I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if there is any kind of political meaning in here. Um, there is a little bit of Spanish thrown in there as well for... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> which... Uh, which I, I, I'm not 100%, I mean, I know, I hear the word inspiration, um, so, so, 
Um, I don't know. I maybe I'd have to. Uh, I don't know if I I can get it to translate in Google Translate and find out what it means. But um, just kind of this kind of mix of you know just throwing like a line of Spanish in there. Um, this I mean even like something like uh, pa uh, Panama bring the drama. You know, like <laughs> I don't know. There's uh, there's a lot there's a lot of stuff in here which it just feels like Prince having fun. And the band having the band having fun with him as well. Yeah, so I actually did put it into Google Translator <laughs> before this podcast. So please forgive me if it's not right, but um, it told me that it says, "Do not get away from this moment of inspiration." Is the translation there? And then I think you know, in terms of lyrical content, so this is what's cool about a lot of Prince songs, not all of them, is that you can kind of bring your own interpretation to it. It's general enough for you to do that. But there is um, a religious interpretation here, and I did interview Tamar recently, and we talked about this song. And um, so, I mean, it's obvious that this, I mean, it's well known, I should say, that Prince was a Jehovah's Witness at this time. He even says, all praise and glory to the Most High Jehovah in the liner notes of the album. And so Tamar said in this song, um, she said he really did believe in the afterworld. And she said he was just like, everybody needs to get on the boat and get away from the world. He really believed the Bible for what it was and building community. So I think you can interpret get on the boat in a sense of, him spreading the Jehovah's Witness religion, which that's a big part of their faith is going door to door and telling people about the word and the truth. Um, so really wanting to bring that message from the Bible to the people, I think is an interpretation of it. And then you mentioned tribulation. So according to Jehovah's Witness doctrine, there's going to be the great tribulation, which is like in times um, and all, you know, all the havoc that's going to be wreaked upon the earth. Um, so you can look more into that if you want to <laughs> or don't. Um, but then also it, it also makes me think of uh, their doctrine that 144,000 Christians will go to heaven to rule with Christ. So I think you can look at it from that perspective as well. And then you can, it also reminds me of Noah's Ark too. <laughs> so there's like a lot of different religious interpretations going on here. But again, um, it's so great that you can kind of bring whatever you want to it based on your own faith or your own beliefs. Just before Prince, you know, yells at Maceo, that, that kind of like, never mind what time it is, the party's just begun. You know, that, I mean, that sentiment, uh, you know, I, it feels like that's the point, you know, when it's when Prince plays this live where he's expecting the audience to be in agreeing with him and, and kind of partying, regardless of what the message behind the song is. Um, like just the repetition of kind of like get on the boat, get on the boat, people is something that, you know, you can you can imagine that's where the, the interaction comes with the audience. Uh, regardless of what that boat might be. Although, if you're saying, I, how many did you say were meant to rule in heaven? A hundred and something? 144,000. Okay. I mean, it just, it's just because the fact that he says we've got room for a hundred more. So I guess he's he's kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe he's he's realizing that it's needed to reach the cap and there's only about another hundred that can <laughs> fit in there. Uh, it feels like he's been a bouncer um, and just kind of checking on the list. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, you know, there's also a hallelujah in here. Um, you know, uh, like we said, there's some like so many kind of great solos. Um, and I do kind of love as well that, you know, Prince has brought Sheila E back. This is around the time that obviously he'd kind of mended bridges with Wendy and Lisa as well. 
Uh, around this time, they performed at the uh, the Brit Awards over here uh, with Wendy and Lisa and Sheila Ree, you know, playing, as, as he used to do, playing his most recent single that the audience just sits there stony-faced, not understanding <laughs> what he's doing. And then, of course, kind of going into, like, When Does Cry or Purple Rain or something so that at least people kind of get back on board with him. And and so, like, it's nice that, that around this time, I mean, it's not like Prince ever fell out with Sheila Ree. Um, but it's just one of those things where she would kind of occasionally come back and tour with him from time to time. Um, but, you know, kind of rarely would she be on record with him again. Like there were very few times, you know, after kind of like the, the late 80s where she kind of recorded stuff with Prince. So it's nice that she's on here. And it's nice, of course, that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't just kind of use her as, you know, a little bit of kind of, uh, you know, instrumentation that he actually kind of gives her a bit of a spotlight and, you know, allows her to kind of, um, you know, the thing is as well is when you hear Sheila E having like a percussion solo, you kind of know it's Sheila E having a percussion solo. Like she has a very kind of distinct style. Um, so it's just really, it's just really nice to kind of hear Sheila E actually doing something on a Prince record for the first time in, um, I don't know, by my estimate about 18, 19 years at this point, something like that. So um, maybe not quite that long, maybe about 15, 16, but Still, we're, t- we're talking kind of like Love Sexy the last time we had Sheila e, you know, as a kind of featured performer. Do we know what that little sound effect is at the very end? That do, 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 do. <laughs> do, we, do we know what that is? I like that little ending, but I have no idea what's producing that sound. <laughs> no. Um, I, my guess, I would say, is probably, I don't know, something on some synthesizer or something. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. It's just I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff on here. It's very sometimes like little things like that. It's kind of hard when Prince just does like a noise, <laughs> and you're like, "What is that instrument? What is being played there?" You can never kind of figure it out. When it comes to when it comes to this album, obviously, I don't want to. I feel like I'm repeating myself a little too much, but you know, um, it's not one of my favorites. But I think this is such a really good like way for the album to finish. Um, and you know, there are other albums where I, you know, Prince has done where I haven't really enjoyed them, but then he does like a really good final song and I'm like, well, you know, I kind of, I forgive the rest of it just because at least on the way out, I'm (laughs) having some fun and, you know, and it sounds like Prince is having fun and it sounds like the band are having fun. And that's, I think that's always one of the things that, you know, particularly, you know, post Rainbow Children, um, I think some of Prince's songs had a tendency to get quite serious and, you know, the instance of him just kind of, you know, having fun on a, on a record became kind of a little bit further and further apart. And, you know, the kind of songs where he was a bit more kind of like po-faced and serious kind of started to outweigh those. Um, so it's it's always nice just to kind of get back to Prince having a bit of fun to finish the album off. You know, for me, I would say uh, five out of five, you know, probably um, maybe my most fa- I mean, you know, I play saxophone, so I'm going to be slightly biased to, a, you know, an album that finishes out with a track that's got like three saxophonists playing on it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I, you know, this is probably my favorite track on the whole album, you know, and it, and it's, you know, it's just good that it's kind of like the last track. Um, and it just kind of, you know, you listen, I, I think the thing is you can't listen to this song and not feel happy at the end of it because it's clearly just a bunch of people having fun and, and you know, it's one of those things that kind of really comes through on the song. Yeah, I agree. I would give it a five out of five as well. I don't know if it's my favorite on the album, but I like the whole album so much, except for Lolita. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, five out of five. It's just so much joy and I can not not dance when this comes on and this is obviously a song that you know um was a concert favorite of prince's you know he played it on the 31 21 tour he played it on the following couple of tours after this um you know all the way through to kind of like 2013 um obviously he didn't play it on his last couple of tours because you know that was just prince in a 
piano and a microphone and I, I, I don't, as great as this song is I just think Prince singing Get on the Boat over and over again for like six minutes while he plays piano probably wouldn't have the same impact um, as it would with a band um, so he didn't perform it on the last couple of tours but I'm guessing you know had he lived a little longer and toured a little bit more he probably would have ended up playing it on subsequent tours after that anyway um, you know it's just one of those songs that kind of really requires a full band for Prince to kind of interact with and you know for the crowd to interact with um, you know, so I can kind of understand why he would, you know, play this. Also, you know, I feel like if you're at a live show and Prince just starts playing this, you know, he's having fun, you're having fun, like, you know, as uh, no matter if it was a good or a bad concert, I can kind of imagine Prince just throwing this out there uh, just to kind of liven things up and uh, and kind of, you know, make everyone happy. Uh, and I think it would work, you know, as, as a song like that. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, just a really, a really solid end to this album, you know, and, you know, obviously then for his next album, Prince chose to distribute it via various different methods and, uh, subsequently kind of fell out with Universal. I think that di- they signed some kind of distribution deal that was like two or three albums. So it was, would have been this and a couple of other albums after this. Um, and they were still on track to distribute Planet Earth in America, um, like literally until a week before Prince sold it to all those newspapers. Um, and, you know, he made he made a lot of money out of that deal and he did OK out of it. <laughs> and and it was and the weirdest thing is, you know, it was such a kind of it's such a big move that, um, you know, over here, HMV, which is, you know, like kind of one of the main you know, like kind of uh, record store chains that exist over here. Um, they for one one Sunday only, they sold newspapers just so that they could carry the newspaper that had Planet Earth in. Like, that was, like, that's how big it was. Prince was like, you know, if people want to buy it, they're going to have to get it out of these newspapers. And so, you know, record record stores in this country were like, I guess we're going to have to sell this newspaper for a day. Um, so, you know, that's that's kind of the power of that. But evidently, Universal weren't happy with, you know, losing the exclusive rights to the next album. And, you know, that kind of messed up Prince's deal for you know, for, for what would have been the next couple of years. And I, I don't know, I just, I kind of love that throughout the 2000s, Prince was just like, you know, he wants to get music out there and he'll do it anyway. You know, if it's going to be MPG Music Club, if it's going to be through newspapers, if he's going to have to make a, you know, a one album deal with a record company, you know, he was just very much, you know, about getting the music out there. Um, you know, I would have loved as a fan if he'd have just been a bit more consistent and things could have been distributed a bit more easily, but... Um, you know, he wanted to try different things and, uh, and so that's where we end up on the next album. But, you know, I'll get into that a lot more uh, once I start discussing Planet Earth. So I feel like we said about as much as we can about Get On The Boat and 3121. Uh, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Erica? Yes, um, you can visit my website, apurpledayindecember.com for my writing on Prince and Spirituality and also my interview with Tamar. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss, M-I-S-S underscore E Thompson, E-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter for Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure what you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Erica. Thank you. And otherwise, get on the road.